Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Welcome once again, everybody. Big Dave and Joe uh, back again for another show here out of South Florida as we uh, talk poker. Last week uh, we spent a great deal of time on the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, and uh, there will be another uh, circuit event at the Seminole Hard Rock uh, in about a month or so. But uh, I don't know about you, Joe. I'm a little burnt out in all this tournament stuff, having with the World Series of <laughs> Poker and, and everything. Uh, I want to just kind of concentrate tonight on... Uh, a great article by Linda Johnson called the F word, and you you know what F stands for. Yes, well I do. I know what it stands for, but everybody's wrong on what it stands for here. <laughs> I'll let you tell them. Uh, it's uh, fun keeping keeping poker fun, and so this kind of will uh, you know obviously tournaments is uh, cutthroat, big money, uh, you know a lot of pressure. A lot of people have enough money to buy in many times, but when you're not doing well, the game is not fun. But at the cash games, uh, you can have a lot of fun, and, and you can make sure that you have fun and the people around you have fun uh, with a few simple uh, tips here that, that she runs down. Very thoughtful article about, uh, you know, just basically looking at the game that she's played for 40 years, uh, that many of us has played for, for 20 or 30 years, and we know that we had fun uh, at the kitchen table with porters and uh, with college friends and stuff like that. Uh, we know that you have groups where you can even go to the casino and set up your own game and that sort of thing. And there's plenty of ways to have a lot of fun. So let's start by, by asking Joe, uh, in your many years of running a poker room, mostly at Miami High Life, did you have a fun poker room? Um, yeah, it was. V- I'll tell you what, Dave. Let me, let, me, <laughs> let me... I'm sure there's good and bad, Dave. Let me put it this way. It was when it was a quarter 50 cent game. In the very beginning. Very beginning for our listeners out there who don't know what South Florida was like. For many, many years, probably almost 10 years or so, the games here in the state of Florida and started in 92. And Mikasuki went to the Paramutuals in 97. The the Seminoles started in 94. Okay? And up until 2006, 2007, it may even be 2008, when they opened it up a little bit, Poker in the state of Florida was a quarter 50 cent game, which you could enjoy and actually make some money, but the pot restriction was the pot could never exceed $10. $10. So, Unbelievable. I, that's when I found that most people had the most fun in just purely playing poker. You know, Florida, in my opinion, because anywhere else I've asked people that have traveled around this country in different poker rooms around this country, you know, Florida was the first one to start, you know, uh, with those big jackpots. I know that you've had bad beat jackpots many years before, and that was the one form. Down here, we started doing the uh, Royal Flush, uh, you know, the big slick Royal Flush for those big jackpots, which got as big as a lot of the bad beat jackpots have gotten. But then we started with the high hands down here, and it's it's gone to a level that the rest of the country probably, you know, Poker room managers are shaking their heads going, how the hell did they let this thing happen like that? Once that happened, the fun was in the limit players who were, you know, almost playing like a bingo, trying to get a bingo and get get a 500 a 1000 and even $2,000 high hand, you know. 
They, they, so they were having fun, but even there, Dave, they weren't having enough fun because if someone actually tried to play their hand of poker, they'd get upset that, that it would cost them the, a little bit more than the absolute minimum to play a hand. And the 2-5, you know, once that opened up, poker became a little bit of a different venue down here, Dave. So poker was a lot of fun in the beginning because people kind of enjoyed it. You know, you weren't looking for the money. You weren't going to get really killed. A bad night might have been $40, $50. And if you got lucky, you might have won 20 or 30 bucks. And trust me, to win 20 or 30 bucks in a quarter 50 cent game was a lot of money. Right. Back then, when we used to, instead of raking the pot, we used to take a quarter ante from everybody, and that was the house rake. So it's, it was amazing that anybody made any money, but everybody was having a good time. Well, you work now at, at uh, Dania, the casino at Dania Beach. Um, you haven't been there, obviously, since your, your health issues, but uh, you have been there as a floor guy and then strictly now lately a dealer. Right. Uh, but you look at that room, and I don't, I don't want you to... St- necessarily disparage the place you work at, but uh, compare it to uh, rooms that you ran before. Is it fun there? Is it a fun atmosphere? It's the execs. Uh, it's, I believe it's a, a little bit more fun because for the players, so to speak, because there's a lot less competition. You know, my room, much like a lot of the other rooms, when you're producing, you know, 450 to half a million dollars in revenue a month, you know, you're you're running tables. You know, um, there's competition for those high hands. Sometimes you'll have high hands that hit, you know, right as the clock is ticking over. So someone had one before. You know, the, there's a lot of different things, right? And you know, ever since. The, you know, the state of Florida allowed us to play actual poker. You know, you have a lot more, you know, when you have a lot more tables, and we're working on that. You know, Dania Beach Poker Room has uh, the free roll tournaments, which, you know, as I tell everybody, the, the free roll tournaments are anything but free. But uh, people seem to, for the most part, enjoy them. But I see some of the same characters, as a matter of fact, some of the same characters, and I mean literally the same characters that I had that caused problems at Miami Highlight, kind of float from place to place as they, you know, wear out their welcomes at different poker rooms, and we've had some of them over there. You mentioned at the beginning of, of, of our, the show here, you know, that um, there are private games that people, you know, get, and for the most part, those are fun games, but the stakes that they play for. Sometimes, you know, even though they're very cordial, they'll joke and bust chops with each other, you know, the the amount of money that's at risk and what some people lose in certain days or over the course of a week or two or even a month is life-altering sometimes. You know, for, for, for a large majority of people, that would be life-altering money, at least immediate life-altering and, you know, I don't care. Unless you're making millions of dollars, you can't afford to lose this kind right, of money. Right, right. And it no longer becomes fun. The fun part is when you have good promotions. And the only people who are following these, and even they've gotten to the point because the money is so high, Dave, that it's no longer any fun. Before, you'd give $100 away and, oh, hey, you know, I got lucky and won an extra $100. Now you're fighting for 400 500 1000 you know. And it becomes, you know, very competitive. It becomes nasty. And unfortunately, the actual fun time that we grew up with, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, playing with friends and playing in your home games and all of this, 
you don't see a whole lot of that, at least not at this stage in the game at this time. That I I didn't see it before I got let you know before I was let go in, in Miami years ago, and I really haven't seen it here because even the big game here at Dania, you know, like I said, the amount of money that's there. So once somebody has crossed a certain line of money that they've lost, the game is no longer fun, and everything seems to bother them. And you know, everything that you see, whether it's a one-two-two-five game, you're seeing it in the in the big games too. Well, I've sat in, uh, just to give you an example, a little card room down at Florida City that just opened, six tables. Uh, You can go in there, and there'll be three or four tables going. They had an Omaha game, uh, which was kind of crazy. And and, uh, I sat down, and then I knew in about ten seconds that this was not the right table for me. So I waited for the one-two Hold'em table to open. I sat down, and, uh, you know, I'll buy in for $100, and uh, that's pretty much my limit. I don't want to... I don't want mm-hmm. to keep going back in my pocket. Nothing's wrong it. with that. Nothing's wrong with that. You're there but to have some fun and hopefully make some money. I like to have a table where you can uh, you can see the flops. Uh, you know, obviously if you have a, if you have a good hand and and you're raising, or or if you're just bluffing. I mean, obviously that's part of the game. Uh, but I don't. There's always one guy at the table who uh, you know wants to ten dollar straddle every hand. Uh, you know, will raise to $25 with nothing or, you know, maybe sometimes he has something. But, uh, you know, and if you're, you got your $100 in front of you, then you're going you're gonna to have to fold a lot of the time. You, you may uh, call, and, and it, it, to me, that's just not fun. Right, and, and these guys aren't playing the game for fun, Dave. Right, They're exactly. playing the game for money. So they're, I want to find a fun to, table. They're actually trying to put you in such an uncomfortable situation that you're going to constantly make mistakes. Think about it. When you've played poker and someone has put you to the test with a very big bet, and you have a very good hand, okay? It's not the nuts, but it's, it's a strong hand. Second, third, fourth nuts, you know. Somebody puts you to the test because they've seen how you've, how you've reacted to raises in the past. If you don't have the stone-cold nuts... You, they, they figure they can get you off a hand that you've already put maybe forty, fifty, sixty bucks, maybe a couple hundred dollars into right. it. This is this is what poker has become now, not only in tournament world but in the cash games. There is no more, you know, quote, you know, oh, I'm going to take it easy on Dave. Dave's a nice guy. I'm just, hey, I'm going to, I check here, I check the nuts to you now. No, you do that in a live table now. They're going to think you and I are partners. Yeah. Exactly. You know that I'm checking to you, so I don't take chips away from you. Well, so. you can't. Uh, you you definitely cannot uh, set up. You know how the other players around the table play, and it's, you can sometimes find a good table and be very happy. And other times, you realize that you're just. Uh, you know, you can last five minutes or you can last an hour. But you know, uh, if you're not going to keep going into your pocket, I, I think tournaments is the only way for me to go. Yeah, but once again, here's the here's here's the flip side of that. All right. You've mentioned a lot of tournaments or re-entries, rebuy tournaments. So w- there's not much of a difference when yeah, it's the same true. thing like that that's from true. the cash games. Because now, if I know I'm going to fire six, seven, eight, nine bullets, you know, if I keep getting beat, I'm I'm playing the exact same way. That's that that is if you're if you have somebody at your table and they're not moving them off that table, because I'll give you the example. We remember what happened with Hialeah. Two years ago. Right. Okay? And people were rebuying. They'd sell them and keep them at the same table. Well, in a tournament of that stature, they weren't supposed to go there. They should have been reassigned to another table. Okay? Most tournaments are like that. Now, 
coming here two years forward now at Tadania, some of the free roll tournaments that we're having, there's no, you can add on again, okay, with these free rolls. You can't re-enter. You can add on chips again. Like if you lose all your chips, you have a 10-minute window if you don't cash, you know, if you don't rebuy chips at that moment. But it has to be at the same table, okay? Most other tournaments aren't. So if you've got a maniac at your table... How how frustrating is that that you may have doubled or tripled up and you've you may have even knocked him out once, twice, three times, or you once and somebody else two times, and all of a sudden he gets in, pushes in, beats one or two people, and then all of a sudden uh, ten minutes later he's got as many chips as you do and you get it heads up with him and he beats you. But it's not it's not uh, profitable for a room to have a sixty or eighty dollar tournament that's a freeze out. That's no re-entries, or maybe even Not one re-entry. They there can't, are you no, can't have this. There are no tournaments now that, that it's worth for... I mean, listen, don't, and I think it was last year that the Hard Rock tried uh, a one-day, no re-entry tournament or something. And they remember? had a couple this year. And, and, but, and, but they gave a guarantee, and they fell, they fell, very, they fell about 25% short yeah. of what they were expecting to have in that tournament. Uh, again, you know... Uh, it seems to be a necessary evil. Well, you can study all you want, but you, nothing uh, beats learning uh, by experience. And I'm not sure I can afford that. I'm not sure I can get to the next level uh, playing and playing. Uh, I just can't afford it. Well, like uh, I, I don't know if you remember Jeff Ward, who was the first poker director down at Miami Highlight back in 97. He also happened to be my boss, and he opened up the room, the Seminole uh, Classic, which was the only thing the Seminoles had at that time down here. And he used to tell me, he goes, listen, when you play poker, because I had the similar mindset. You know, damn, you know, this is a very expensive. And he goes, let me ask you something, Joe. When you go to school in this country, he goes, and you want to become a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, you know, a nurse, whatever. He goes, you got to go to school for that, right? He goes, do you have to pay for that school? And I said, yes. He goes, well, think about it. He goes, he goes the, the difference is here. You're paying for it. And he goes, but if you don't learn, if you don't learn, you know, you're just wasting your money. So, you know, I've, I took that approach that, okay, if I'm going to lose some money, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a lesson out of this that I can, you know, try to recover this money later on down the road. So that's how I've tried to, you know, uh, pattern my style of play that, hey, when I do lose money, and you, I know you had a very frustrating beat uh, which that still you hurts. spoke about, which you're probably, yeah, that's probably one of the reasons you're still thinking about it. Trust me, I've had a few of those in my lifetime that from time to time I'll think about it. And, and I'm talking 9, 10, 12 years ago. It still pisses me off. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, what happens. Yeah, I, I did the right thing and I still lost. And, yeah, it's, it's, and I, uh, you know, I feel like there's nothing to learn that can beat that. Listen, I used to tell it when people would come up to me and I go, listen, that's like the doctor saying the operation was a success, but the patient died anyway. Right, exactly. So, you know. Unfortunately, that's the world of poker, and, okay. and you've got to be able to get through that. Well, for people who listen to the show, I, I can't personally help you with your strategy and that sort of thing, but we can help you uh, do things to make the game fun, not only for yourself, but for everybody else, and, and make it a place that you want to go back to. Whether you win or lose, obviously when you win, you have more fun, but you can still have fun when you lose. Uh, it can still be a social game, and I want to talk about that when we return. Yes, sir. So let's uh, let's take a break here. We'll be right back, and uh, we'll have some fun talking about fun in poker and how to keep it that way. When we return. This is Poker Action Live. 
Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, and father of five. I'm also an expert on drama. There's a good kind that comes with having a house full of kids, and there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. And lead the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe, uh, with Poker Action Line once again. Don't forget you can always pick up the show on uh, Hold'em Radio Network. Uh, have a nice slot there every week and some replays as well. Uh, iTunes is a place you can find the show. You can go to our website at PokerActionLine.com or PokerActionLineRadio.com, but also Stitcher and SoundCloud are places you can find the show as well. There's lots of places if you want to find the show, uh, and we hope you do. Anyway, I want to get to this article by Linda Johnson. Of course, she's the Hall of Famer. It was uh, tournament direct started the Tournament Directors Association, and the last summit that they had this summer out at the Aria was a discussion with a lot of the poker room directors that said we have to bring fun back to poker. And, uh, you know, it's been pretty cutthroat, and, and they've uh, worked on the rules and deleted a few things and uh, been playing fun. She doesn't think that poker fun has left. You know, it's up to you to make sure that you have fun and that you make a, a fun as- atmosphere for the other players at the table. She says her goals are to win money, number one, obviously, two, to have fun, and three, to make sure that her opponents have fun. So in that, with that in mind... She listed a dozen things you can do to make sure that the poker world stays fun. So let's run down those dozen things. And uh, as a former poker room director, as a, a current dealer, a current floor person from time to time, Joe has seen these things up close. And I want to get your comments. And as a poker player, it's also oh, I want to say because I've enjoyed playing poker for four, almost 40 years. And I want to get your thoughts on some of these things. It, obviously, this is really common sense and, and you know, to 
sit down and come up with a list is not so easy because, you know, there's a lot of things that happen, and uh, she explains it so well that I really love this article. Uh, start with number one, be a good loser. Uh, no whining, bad beat stories. People don't want to hear that. Uh, you know, everybody takes their beats, and uh, people don't want to hear about it. So that's number one. That's that's number one on almost everybody's list of having fun. Either either no whining or don't be telling bad beat stories at the table. Right. And number two is, is similar. Be a good winner. Uh, don't over-celebrate your, your hands and gloat when you do win. So those two things. So comment on that a little well, bit. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, both of those things go hand in hand. Okay, uh, what I have seen here in, in, in the years that, that they opened up poker here, Dave, is bad losers are bad winners also. Right. You understand? They don't know. You know, the, the, that's why they get so pissed off. Cause they love rubbing it in your face when they beat you. That when they get when it when it's their turn to get it rubbed in their face, they don't want to hear it. So those two seem to go hand in hand, especially down here in South Florida. You know. Uh, I don't know how extensive you played poker 20, 30 years ago, but if you did something like that in some of these games of, you know, busting somebody's chops, you know, the the the, the being a good loser has always been a problem. You understand? Uh, you, you'll be a good loser up to a certain point. Once you've passed a certain threshold, being a good loser no longer is, 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 is viable for most people, okay, unfortunately, for the large majority of people. Uh, you hope to be that, but sometimes it just you just can't get to that point. But the but but the bad winner, that's like an epidemic down here. You know, I've seen it, and uh, it has led to f- fights, people being arrested in the poker room, um, and I think that's due mostly in part to what we've seen over the last few years of how in tournament poker. You know, we've seen some of these, you know, the antics that have gone on in the past and how people reacted on it. And, you know, they kind of glorified it, you know, as as the Hollywooding is involved and everything else. And people's tempers, because of the amount of money that's involved right now, Dave, they're just not in the mood to have you rub it in their face when they've just lost a tough hand to you. Uh, three and four are kind of uh, similar, uh, along similar lines, and that's uh, being social at the game, creating a social atmosphere yourself. Uh, talk to your opponents, make them feel welcome if they're out of town, uh, ask them where they're from, suggest places that they might visit while they're in town. Have them be a good uh, neighbor, uh, basically. And and to me, that should always be, believe it or not, number one. That That one right there, to me, is number one, being sociable at the table. Because there it's is time my, in between hands. My nature, has, my nature has always been to be in that. You know, I, I enjoy trying to meet new people and enjoy myself. Um, I know that I've had great success due to the fact that since I've been involved and I went to daily school and learned how to shuffle chips and you know you're you're playing with your chips. That I know that sooner or later, the dealer players at the table, someone will say, "Hey, are you a dealer?" Because of the way I'm handling the checks, you know, the chips. And I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I've been involved in this and this and the other. And that kind of opens the door for me to, you know, start letting handle, them handle know questions. a little bit about myself. Absolutely. And since, you know, God gave me a gift of being open to most people and they'll say, oh, you know, you you come from Florida. And, you know, and I don't mind, you know, letting them know the history of what this game is and, and just getting into it and 
again, I will also ask questions of them as I, you know, as I gauge them. And I do want to make the game fun because for the most part of me growing up playing poker, it was a fun, you know, it was a fun game. You, you had your nights where someone did, again, loses a little more than they really can afford to, and they'd get a little upset. And you know what the strange part was, Dave? And, and I'd like to ask our listeners out there who email you and stuff, you know what would happen if it was a weekly poker game? They'd come back the following week, and nine out of ten times they'd apologize to the whole table for the way they act. Right. I mean, you never, you don't see that too often today, there where, the, where you'll get somebody just say, hey, I'm so sorry I acted like a jerk. Well, here in South Florida, you're going to run into lots of people that are visiting, that are playing, uh, you know, here on vacation or here on a business trip. And it's so important to be social because to welcome these people because they'll be back. And then the next time you want them to come into the room knowing that they had a good time. Well, yes, they will be back. And that's what you needed 30, 40 years ago, 20 years ago. But... Since the explosion, since Moneymaker, since poker has exploded, it no longer seems to be a criteria for it. You don't care. Let the next person come up. You know, I pissed you off and you're upset with me. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, I, don't, I really don't give a, a, good, <laughs> a good damn about whether you're upset or not. I got somebody else who's willing to, to, to put their ass in that chair. And that's what's changed today. That's that's the big difference. And another thing that's changed today is uh, cell phones at the table. Uh, and that's number four for her. Don't constantly be on your cell phone. If you need to take a phone call, and sometimes you do, step away from the table and keep your voice down. People won't, don't want to hear your conversation on your end. Uh, but there's also... That doesn't exist either, Dave. It, it did when cell phones like started to evolve a little bit. But now, you know, since the smartphones and everything else... People don't care. I, I am. I mean, granted, I haven't been able to work because of my stroke for the last a little over a month now. But you don't understand how many times I have to tell people, you need to be off the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir. I can't deal you in if you're on the phone. And not only that, there's also uh, tablets, uh, the internet, uh, wait, wait. music, all kinds of stuff. But too. what gets to me is, I have many, many, many times. I reread the rules. They, they, they. You know, my boss Omar would allow me to read the rules before the start of a tournament. You know, one of the rules is there is no cell phone usage at the table. You have no idea. You know, I. We, they are now running seven tournaments, seven days a week. There, a tournament every day. Okay, we used to be off on Tuesdays. In the month that I've been out, they added a Tuesday tournament. Okay, that rule is red, and I'm telling you, Dave. 90 to 95 percent of the people sitting there are the same exact people, and they just don't. It's part of this taking the fun out of the game. They just don't care. And I'll tell you what, Dave. You want to know what surprises me more than anything else? If you had asked me, you know, what group of people would be the rudest and you know breaking these rules and you know not making the game fun. I would have told you it's got to be 100%, uh, you know, the younger crowd. Yeah. They're more selfish. They're more, you know, like you said, into this here. A lot of the things, they're, 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 they're more apt to get combative with everybody. But I'm shocked at the group of people that are 40, 50, 60-year-old people that are just as bad as, as any of the bad 20-year-olds that are doing this. You know, it's, it, it is something that has evolved to... Now everybody's saying, the hell with it, I'm going to act like a jerk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one, a little more along the lines of what you do now, uh, help the dealer. Uh, if you see a pot about to be pushed to the wrong player, 
Uh, if you see the dealer misread the hand or overlook the, the winning hand, uh, help out. Speak up. Uh, discard your cards in such a way that the dealer doesn't have to reach too far to get them, which is often true of some of the women that are dealers uh, do not have long arms. Uh, also, assist the dealer making change. Little things you can do to help the dealer and know the rules of the game that you're playing. Helping the dealer as far as, you know, if the dealer, listen, we're all human. Sometimes, either because it's a very rough table, you know, what, whatever the reason is, you're going to push the pot to the wrong person. Usually the winner will scream at you before you can have a chance to do that. But, yeah, you know, helping the dealer in the sense of, I hate when people move the button. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that they do because it saves me a, a, an extra motion, but I hate when they do it and they don't tell you. Yeah. You understand? Sometimes you want to help the dealer, and in essence what you're doing is creating more problems. Um, and again, I know this is fun to do this. I mean, house games, it's a different story. Usually everyone took a turn dealing, the, dealing, so you didn't have a designated dealer. But, you know, I'm always grateful when someone on the table is, tries to put someone who's being a, a real jerk uh, in their place nicely without it, trying to get confrontational, you understand? And you just smile because you, you kind of feel, hey, I got an ally, I got a friend at the table. How about if, uh, you know, a guy has a, a stack of $5 chips, you're in a 1-2 game, and someone else helps him out by making change. Do you allow that? I, Do you like that? I love that. As a matter of fact, I love the fact where... Let's say it's the you know the three of us here in this studio right now playing poker, and Gio was to throw in a big chip, and you happen to have you know the the, the denominations, a lot of denominations to break a, a bigger one, and you're like, oh here, let me give you four greens for that black chip. You understand? As a dealer, you know if you're a good dealer, sometimes because of, especially in a tournament or even even if in a cash game. You've run out of chips because of how active the game is and how active the chips are going out. I'm asking you, hey, Dave, can you can you break this for me, sir, please? The smarter customers are seeing this already. They know they have the chips there, and they're doing it for you. Now, the flip side, I've asked people, he goes, I don't like to make change. It changes my luck. You know, so <laughs> right there, now everybody looks at this guy going, dude, you're the, you're the only one with, uh, you know, 25, 25 unit chips or five unit chips. You know, you've got to make freaking change. I make a change. I'm telling you, this, it's, it's, it, you, you scratch your head and you're going, this guy can't be this big of a, a jerk. But, yeah, we have him out there. So that helps the game, Dave. I don't know if it makes it a lot more fun. It just helps the game move along right. easier. Uh, next one, pay attention. You shouldn't have to be told when to ante, uh, when to put <laughs> when to put your blinds up. Uh, now we've, we've been guilty of yeah, that. I, I've, we been, I've been very guilty of it. Uh, know when it's your turn to act. What the limit is. What game you're playing. How much the bet is. All those things uh, you need to stay on top of to be a good uh, person at the table. Okay, and now think about it. If you're not paying attention, why could that be? Because you're on your phone. You're on your laptop. You're, watching you're flirting with the cocktail TV. waitress. You're watching your your football wager or baseball wager on the on the on the TV. The game has changed. You know, unfortunately, from when Linda played it, you and I started playing this game. You know, cable now. You can yeah. watch a hundred different games. You can get action on all of them. It, you know, the scenario has changed, and we haven't adjusted to continue to have the fun and and the closeness. That that to me, Dave. 
was the thing. You know, it was the same 9, 10, 11 people. Yes, we all try to win each other's money, but, you know, if something went wrong in one of, one of the people's lives, most of us were there for them, you know, afterwards. Well, well, for years when you played at a home game or something, these are the things that if you violate would get, would get you uninvited. You wouldn't be asked back. Exactly. So that's why you didn't do this, because for a lot of times, it wasn't even the money. I remember playing in a Tuesday night game down here, and I won't mention the, the person's house that I played at. It was a paycheck for me. Yeah. You know, it was a, a, a three to six, seven hundred dollar paycheck every week. Okay. And I enjoyed it. And I used to be the guy that would show up at the beginning of the game and tell a joke because I didn't want to miss not coming to the game. Right. You understand? And there were people who acted like complete jerks. And the, the, people, the, the, the two people that ran the game told them very nicely, thanks for coming, but, you know, you're not welcome back here again. Okay, those are the first six. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back with the rest and uh, talk about a little bit more about what's going on in the world of poker to make things more fun. Uh, well, you're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. I always wanted to be a fireman. A pilot. A teacher. But the rising cost of college was a big reality check. That's why I joined the National Guard. The Guard gives me money for college. So I can go to school full-time and fly part-time. My unit helps out after a natural disaster hit. So I get to help people just like I always wanted. There's no bigger rush than being a firefighter in the Guard. Than flying a Blackhawk. Than leading my squad. Thanks to the Guard, I'm becoming who I always wanted to be. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask us how much you'll receive towards your college expenses. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Back at the show, we're talking about things uh, from Linda Johnson, some tips on making the game more fun. And before we move on, that's just some of the things we talked about in the break was that it's really hard to apply some of these uh, principles in today's world because of the way that the atmosphere around the game has, has changed, even if you're a good person. Exactly. The game, the, the evolution of the game has changed to the point where it's not a friendly game anymore. And for, the, and for you to have fun and make the game fun, I think it has to be 90% a friendly game. You understand? Everyone understand that, oh, man, I got four aces. I'm going to try. Everybody understands that. But, you know, people are pushing very small edges. They're pushing with, a, you know, they're pushing with almost any two cards, as they say. They're just trying to get you. And so, so as soon as someone takes you, as you mentioned at the beginning of this, that you didn't feel comfortable in that game down there, that you're, you, you're, you're uncomfortable, 
So right away, that can't be a fun game for you. Right. If you're uncomfortable, you can never have you can never relax enough to where you're you're enjoying the game. Well, keeping that in mind, uh, we'll go on with these and, and feel like. Uh, you know, even if they're, they're, it's not perfect, you can do a few things to make the game a little nicer. To, to me, out of the first six there is get to at least know your your chair neighbors there. And if someone else is friendly, even though they may be sitting at the other end of the table, engage them in, in some friendly form of, of, of conversation. Tell a, a little joke. I, I, I've, I've had a lot of success with that. When something has happened and it reminds me of a very funny joke, I will, I will mention it to the table. And, you know, I, I've had where the whole table has started cracking up at the table. And it has made it for a fun two, three, four hours, whatever time I was on that table with those specific players. Absolutely. Well, number seven is uh, be a good neighbor at the poker table, not spreading out, uh, taking more than your share of room. At the table now, sometimes body types or something make this impossible. But uh, and guess what? That's not that's not your job. That's not your job. That's the dealer's job. Right. Okay. And guess what? They feel terrible because guess what? If I'm being if I feel I'm being squeezed and I look and I see that the table is not squared up, you understand? It becomes confrontational, Dave. If I say to you. Hey, uh, uh, sir, buddy, you know, can you slide over? Look, you got about four or five inches to move over so this guy can move, and then this guy, and then, then I can be comfortable here. I'm on top of this guy. And, and as soon as you ask somebody, you have a chance for a confrontation there. So you have to kind of let that one go to the dealer. And, again, that that particular rule there, yes, that's how it makes life fun. You know, it should be nice. Somebody should look at well, it. Well, golden this. rule, do your part so that, uh, do you know. Do your part. Don't complain about being asked to move. Right. Unfortunately, we run into that a lot. Of course, people have poker protectors, card protectors, which can be important, but a lot of extra knickknacks and things on the table, uh, your sunglasses or whatever. Keep that stuff off the table. Yeah. Well, and like I said, kind of common to make that and and to make it fun. That's a part where, our, as a poker room manager, Dave, those two things that you just mentioned now, the, the squaring up the table and having too, and too many excess things on the table, the dealer can contribute to making it a fun game by saying, hey, buddy, I need you to take those things off, yeah. the, off the table. Okay, the next one, be a good ambassador for the game. Speak about poker in a good way. Uh, have, have integrity, obviously, uh, on all aspects of your life. But at the table, have integrity. Uh, don't allow player or dealer abuse. If you see it, uh, and don't be uh, the, the person who angle shoots and uh, tries to take advantage of others. <laughs> uh, a lot that, of things to cover falls, there. but That falls on deaf, deaf ears for a lot of people down here, uh, Dave. Uh, one of the things I hated the most was angle shooters. Okay, And I would always instruct my, my dealers at the time when I was running the room, let me know who you think is angle shooting so I can either watch them or have security watch them with the eye in the sky. And... You know, I I I'd make quick work of them. Uh, you know, as soon as as soon as they were identified and, and everything else. You know, when you're running 15, 16, 20 tables, you you can't be everywhere. So you need your dealers and uh, and and other customers to be your eyes on the tables, so you can make the game fun. Angle shooters are ju- it's the same thing as running a crooked game. It it, it just it automatically kills kills your poker room kills the attitude that anybody on that table has, immediately puts you in a, in, in a defensive and foul mood to play poker. 
the next one, don't berate others for bad play. We've talked about this hundreds of times, but uh, she says it should be underlined and put in bold because it happens far too often. So if you're guilty of it, please stop it. Uh, we need to celebrate bad play. Not out loud, not to embarrass people, but in your own mind, realize that down the road, uh, everybody needs players to make bad decisions in order to win money. Right. And and the ones who think they get it, the ones who, you know, who, who have heard enough of, hey, you know, stop berating this guy and calling him a jerk because he, he put in all that money to get a one or two outer and happened to get there. You know, so now... Instead of just, you know, and there's a way of doing it. You know, where you go, wow, man, that, that was a great call on your part, buddy. That was a great call, man. <laughs> man, I wish you hadn't called. I would have I won that pop. That was a great call. You say it in a nice, friendly tone. Right. As opposed to going, yeah, that was a hell of a call you made there, pal. You know, and it's, and, and it's dripping with sarcasm and, and, you know. So you have to know how to go about it, not just say saying the words is just as bad as berating somebody if they're not said properly. Uh, the next one, assist the card room staff. Uh, speak up if there's a decision to be made and the floor person's not getting the proper information. If they call the floor, they come over and... Uh, That's not a problem, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a problem. Usually I have to shut people up so that my dealer can give me his or her explanation before I ask for, for the advice on the floor, but... That is a good way of getting it done, but once again, believe it or not, if that person is saying they're getting things right and the decision was going to go in my favor and now it went in Gio's favor because of what you said, uh, that that does not lead for a fun confrontation between me and you because most of the people be like, just shut up. This, this, you weren't even in the damn hand. What yeah. the hell are you opening your mouth for? So. But in that, along those same lines, she says that signing up for tournaments uh, in advance, if possible is always a good thing for the room because the tournament director can then estimate how many tables and stacks are needed. So uh, wait, wait, people show up again? late. Uh, signing up in time for tournaments or if, if in advance if possible? Uh, see, again, that's too Pollyanna. Uh, I love Linda Johnson, and I think she's in, incredible. But tournaments nowadays, you know, registration is two, three hours. So you, as a poker room manager or tournament director, you have to anticipate how many tables you're going to get. And a good tournament director, poker room manager, um, says, okay, I'm going to start with X amount of tables. And you start adding favors to it. I think the better scenario would be is the poker room staff, instead of having 10 tables with four players starting a tournament, you know, because 40 of them signed up, and Tournament players hate playing four-handed because the blinds come around way too, right. way too fast. So now what you should do is maybe open up five tables with eight players, okay? And as you start getting people registering, <clears throat> as you start getting people registering, you know, you, you, you have dealers sitting dead spread, tournament dead spreads, and you move the game along quickly. This is a way of making the game more fun. Yeah. The other way, all I hear is constant complaints because that's what we do over at our place. They've started to make adjustments to that, and I'm hoping that they continue with that because and now it lends for people having a, you know, a smile on their face. Oh, they're running the room well. So and like you said, I think it's more on management side and, and what Linda's trying to you know, address here as opposed to the players. Right. You know? 
Okay, uh, number 11, play and turn. We kind of covered that earlier in the pay attention one, but uh, this can be done uh, because you're not paying attention or it could be done as an angle shot on purpose to try to gain an advantage. Exactly, exactly. But you know what? If they're trying to do it as an angle shot, you ain't changing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're not correcting they're, that. They're not, they're not changing their spots. Uh, those, those players are, are going to constantly be doing that. Once again, um, this falls on management, making sure that you rid your room of players like this. Okay. Play And finally, the last one, play at a reasonable pace. Certainly is not fun for your opponents if you take too much time for routine decisions. Well, and this it, is the whole uh, shot clock thing. Exactly. Clock the, thing. This seems to be the, 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 you know, the, the big one in, this, in today's day and age. Last year with William Kasuf in the main event, we saw that. They've changed the shot. You know, they changed the, the amount of time you've got once somebody's called the clock on you. I believe that in today's day and age, this falls in this particular list of making things fun, one or two, you know, and, and, and the importance, you have to speed this game up. Right. For the, for the players playing the game at the table, you don't usually have this issue on cash games, Dave, because if, if someone is taking a long enough time, they're usually facing a, a, lar- a rather large wager, okay? It's more of these people in the tournaments that, you know, and again, Everybody understands that if it's for your tournament life, you're going to take a little longer time. But, you know, these people are doing it for, you know, bets that are not, quote, going to negatively impact them in an immediate moment. You know, you understand where maybe, okay, you may lose 10 or 15% of your stack. You're still going to have a healthy stack. You know, it's, it's just ridiculousness of people taking this amount of time. That, I think, like I said, falls in 1-1-A as to right. having somehow fixing this, and this isn't going to be fixed by the players. This well, I, I thought this, by, I by thought this was a tremendous article, and uh, that's the difference, I think, between me being a novice player and you being an experienced uh, mm-hmm. management uh, person and uh, player. And uh, I have to say you took a little bit of the fun out of it for me reading this article. But, uh, you know, I understand that uh, but you Dave, know, there's you one way to look at the game. Uh, and you, then looked at this, you looked at from this a different angle. From, from when you started to play this and you said, oh, yeah, all of this makes sense. Because that's exactly what would have made the game fun. And people did police themselves. But you try to police somebody, you try to police another player, they're going to tell you to go F yourself. The F word that's not fun, okay? <laughs> the F word that is not fun. Well, the F word can be fun in that regard, too. Okay, yes, exactly, <laughs> but, but not in this particular case. And, you know, uh, and I understand where Linda's coming from this. I, I, I agree 100% with all of those things, but prior to the, like, you know, to the explosion of poker, this is, you know, remember, who, who did we think was the bad people in poker before Moneymaker? It was... Phil Hellmuth, the brat, Mike Matisau. Um Does anybody else come to mind? Scotty Wynn, maybe, occasionally? No, Scotty was always a He did it in a nice way. He did, remember, there was a shock with Scotty one day when he had way too many Coronas. Right. And he started to That's the one I'm ridicule about. about. But prior to that, and since then, you know, he he's always been a fun guy. The guys that you said, well, these two guys are jerks was Helmuth and, and Mike Matisau, and now they're almost 
tame. Yeah, compared, compared to, what, some to some of the some things. Of the things it, they're almost like, oh my God, I'm 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 longing for the days of 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 Phil berating somebody or or Mike Madison losing his 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 mind when somebody hits a one outer on him. Yeah, you know, because of how these people have taken it to a completely different level. And not only that, Dave, you know, we've we've constantly for the seven years we've been on the air, we're talking about how they treat women at the table. You know, until you start fixing that, how how are you going to get fun into the game when some of these players that are still at the table don't show the respect? And I'm not just saying to show respect just to women. I'm saying by showing respect to women, you're showing respect to the whole game. You understand? And you're going to respect not only the ladies, but you're going to respect the players that are there. So, okay. I, I, you know, you, you have well, to fix that. Bottom line is this was not a perfect list, but certainly there's things it's, there that can, can help make the game a little bit smoother. Exactly. And what it has is, is it'll start making you think of, okay, th- this was good. Let me see how I can kind of, you know, bring it up to date and see what kind of things we can do in today's poker world, okay, Uh to make it fun for the players. Uh, we, we just tried to have a tournament like that in California, right? With the social experiment. With the social experiment. And from what we've read, I think it was pretty, pretty much well accepted. pretty yeah. well accepted. Absolutely. Most people want to have fun at the table. It's the, f- the very few that don't, and then you don't want to let your guard down and, and you know, feel that, okay, I'm going to let my guard down and try to have and be a nice person and enjoy myself, and then... Boom, you know, somebody steps all over you and gets you so frustrated that you make a bad decision at the table. Absolutely. Okay, let's take our final break on the show. Uh, Along these lines, there's a brand new tour that is uh, coming around called the Poker is Fun Tour. And uh, a fellow starting it uh, that was a former uh, uh, coach at Card Runners uh, had some ideas on ways to uh, try to make the game a little more fun. Uh, it, it obviously is a work in progress and will be trial and error somewhat. But I'd like to talk about that. It kicks off in September, and I wanted to uh, mention that when we return. But we'll finish things up when we come back. If you're listening to Poker Action Line, SoundCloud, great place to pick up the show on a regular basis. And be sure and always, uh, when you're on SoundCloud, listen to our friends from WFO Radio. Got great shows here. We do this from their studio. And uh, they are always great for the people who are racing fans, uh, not only NASCAR, but... Uh, the Hot Rod Association, and that sort of thing as well. So uh, check that out as well if you get a chance. We'll be back with our final segment when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. 
As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe. And uh, just to mention a couple of uh, tournaments locally here uh, in Immokalee, which is a seminal property over there, about 80 miles, maybe 90 miles from uh, South Florida here. Uh, just head over toward the west coast of Florida on uh, Alligator Alley and then a little bit north into Immokalee. A uh, big tournament starts there on September 1st, runs through the 10th. Uh, their main event is a uh, uh, $1,100 buy-in, and it's uh, WP uh, World Poker Tour Deep Stacks is uh, running this event. And the main event starts on the 8th and concludes on the 10th. So that's coming up. Also, the Seminole Hard Rock hosts the... Um, World Series of Poker Circuit event beginning on September 21st, and that runs through October the 2nd. Uh, their main event uh, starts on Friday, September 29th, and Saturday, September 30th, and that one is a 1675 buy-in. Wow. So those are uh, things that uh, are coming up here nationally. Uh, the Legends of Poker uh, tour out at the Bicycle in Los Angeles, Legend, Legends of Poker uh, WPT event, I should say. Uh, is going to be at the bike. That's a $3,700 buy-in, uh, 37 plus plus uh, 300 so $4,000 buy-in, and that takes place beginning uh, Friday, which is uh, August 25th. Uh, so all that stuff coming up. There's been a couple other results that I'll mention briefly. The uh, Global Poker Championship for the World Series of Poker, which is the one where if you win a circuit event, uh, you get an automatic right. $10,000 buy-in. Uh, Sean Yu was the winner of that one. Uh, Jason Mercier played in that event uh, that was right before... He bought uh, in? Yeah, he bought in for 10000 and ended up winning 69 k for fifth place. So a uh, pretty good <laughs> tournament for him. Uh, the other one that uh, just finished up was... Uh, um, well, I guess that's, uh, that covers it, basically. The WPT is currently at Foxwood, so I don't have a result on that, but they are playing there now uh, with the Foxwood event. So uh, eventually... Uh, you know, the World Series of Poker Circuit will be coming here. WPT uh, finished up with a lot of their stuff this year, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing them again next year. Uh, finish up with this uh, World, uh, I'm sorry, the Poker is Fun Tour. Um, started by Mike Schneider, as I mentioned, a former uh, card runners instructor. And uh, a couple of things that he has involved uh, himself with in this tour is to make it beneficial for uh, some social causes. Uh, charities and stuff, uh, contributing 1% uh, to uh, a particular charity uh, in whichever town uh, it is it is uh, played in. Uh, so he's trying to get this thing kicked off. They're going to start in Minnesota, where he's from, Canterbury Park area. And uh, they loved it, so they want to be a part of it. Uh, they're going to have a tournament called the Winner's Shown event, in which you... Everyone who wins the pot must show their cards, regardless of whether there's a showdown or not. What wait, do you think wait. about that? Really? 
the advertisement says, all your bluffs will be known, all your nut peddling will be seen. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but, uh, you know, it's a fun thing to kind of see those things. And, and you know, for the very serious player, it's kind of a faux pas, a blunder. Well, right? that, that will ensure that it's a fun tournament. Because right. if you know you're going to have to show every single hand, whether you bluffed or not, you're going to have to sit there and laugh at yourself and, and everything else. So, you know what? I didn't think it would be a good idea, but since it's called, uh, what is it, the Poker Fun Tour? Yeah, Poker that, is Fun Tour. Yeah, well, then then this this will make it fun because people will enjoy this. Uh, they're going to restrict uh, multi-day events because he feels like... Uh, uh, the, uh, there's a huge advantage for uh, you know experienced players to have the the and although they love it to have the uh, stacks deep bigger, uh, the structure uh, stretched out a little right. bit. That the one day events is is a lot better for the um, for the player who is just you know like a no, uh, now not I, you'll forgive so me much. I didn't know I'm, I'm not sure if I heard it or not at the beginning of this did did they say what kind of buy-ins these tournaments are going to be in this for? one I think is uh, well the first one uh, the the other one is a 450 buy-in 450 the winner shown is a 450 they ha- they're still working out some of the details but uh, you know the charity part of it and the uh, you know the different. Uh, uh, Aspects of the game are still being worked out. That's a that's that's a nice little price, though. I mean, you know, it's it's not a large buy-in, but 450 is a pretty decent price there. He also wants to uh, bring in more mixed games because uh, you know there's just such a huge uh, emphasis on uh, no limit hold'em that uh, you know th- there's there's certainly ways to create more fun, and that's one of the parts of it. Uh, he hopes it turns a profit, but he said his primary goal is to give poker players a different experience while raising money for good causes. Uh, he said he'd be thrilled if uh, six years from now he, he was responsible for raising 100000 for charity uh, and me going broke <laughs> in the process. But uh, kind well, of an interesting listen, guy that wants to try a few different things, and I think that's and great. And I think that's a wonderful idea to try all these different things. You never know what's going to be the next hot thing to do this. And again... You're trying to bring back some enjoyment into poker. Exactly. And uh, it's also been, uh, you know, something that uh, he knows will take some time, may not be accepted, accepted by a lot of uh, the average players, uh, players that are taking uh, poker so serious that they can't have fun. But there needs to be a niche out there for, for a, a player uh, that's, that's learning the game. Again, you have to do this and hope that, you draw enough people where the tournament is a success and it can continue to grow as you go forward. Okay, well, we'll keep a look at uh, Joe, let Joe Clear's voice there, and uh, we'll finish up here in just a few moments. But uh, we will keep an eye on this Foxwood event next week. Uh, World Series of Poker, as I mentioned, coming back later in the month to the uh, Seminole Hard Rock, uh, September 21st through October 2nd. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. That schedule is... Uh, is out, but uh, you know the, the Hard Rock actually getting a chance for about a month to breathe a little bit uh, after all the tournaments they had there for the Poker Open, and uh, certainly we'll look forward to that. That kicks off once again on September 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Six opening sessions for the opening event, which is a 580 buy-in and a $500,000 guaranteed prize pool. So uh, a venue shift for the World Series of Poker Circuit, which uh, played the first. Uh, I guess seven years at uh, uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club and now moving down now to the Hard Rock. So uh, very interested in finding out about that and uh, following along on that. 
and uh, we certainly will have some fun. Uh, just a couple minutes left in the show. Uh, Joe, you've been out of action. Uh, you don't probably know exactly when you're going to re- return. I know you're having problem driving and that sort of thing. Uh, just kind of give us an update of how you're feeling and uh, and what you're doing to try to get better, really. Well, uh, I saw my cardiologist yesterday. I mean, this has been an experience that I don't wish on anybody, Dave. Um, I love driving. <laughs> I, uh, I right now I, I I get behind a wheel and I've tried to force myself to drive to you know to, to get over this because my stroke occurred while I was driving and I can't go more than ten or twelve, fifteen blocks without me getting dizzy. I still have blind section in 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 my vision, so I don't know if it's just me you know freaking out going back thinking back to when I had the stroke a month ago. Um, but I'm having a lot of trouble. I'm getting a lot of headaches when I'm driving, not driving during the day because my wife or my daughters or a very good friend of mine, Paul Duardo, has been driving me around. I've been chauffeured around uh, for the last month. I can't get on the highway. Again, the little bit of driving I've tried to do, just, you know, I have to pull over because, you know, I'm getting dizzy and I'm I'm afraid I'm going to get into an accident. So, uh, seeing the neurologist on Tuesday, uh, again, by looking at me, you would think nothing is wrong because I was very grateful. And thank God that I didn't get a lot of the symptoms that you get with a stroke where, you, you know, you get partial paralysis and speech impediment, which wouldn't allow me to do this show. But uh, just want to let, you know, our listeners and, and friends that are out there listening to the show that, you know, I'm doing my best to try to come back, but uh, I'm going to make sure that I come back right because I don't want ever want to be behind a wheel and have another stroke while I'm on the highway. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would guess that uh, any part-time Uber work is probably in the past. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's done for it until this gets done, you know, until yeah. I till I get this resolved. So, um and again, I have a 37 and a half mile ride each each way to my job to Dania from where I live, so I have to get that straightened out before I can take that task of driving 75 miles to and from uh, from work every day. When, once some of the uh, initial symptoms subside, will there be some sort of uh, uh, rehab or uh, therapy that you'll undergo? Well, they're asking me, uh, Tuesday should be the final with my neurologist. I will, I'm going to have to have a procedure done, um, and I don't want to say the name because I don't want to screw it up in here uh, on my heart uh, that they're hoping to because this stroke was uh, something that I got because I suffer from AFib and um, you know I am at, at a much larger risk now so my cardiologist has um, now that they've done the last CAT scan has put me on a, on a Seralto which is a, a blood thinner and anticoagulant and um, they want to do a procedure that shocks my heart to try to get the AFib yeah. out and just have my heart beat normal if that happens in the next couple of months, you know, I won't have to be on any of these medications, and God willing, this will carry on until until it doesn't stop, until it stops working permanently. Well, we are thrilled to have you back on the show, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll keep improving with your health and, and you. won't have any other episodes. But uh, certainly that's the most important thing. Is Thank to, you, to get Big better. Dave, and, and you guys have meant the world to me here. Guys, for, for our listeners out there, you have no idea how wonderful – Big Dave, my partner, Big Dave, Gio here in the controls, and Joe here at his house and at the studio here. So thank you, guys. I really appreciate everything that you've done for me and, and, and your support. So thank you. Uh, and thank you, Gio, as well, for tonight's show. Uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of the show, uh, Poker Action Line. Follow us on, uh, tw- on Twitter. 
Uh, also on Facebook, there are places uh, where you can get the show very easily, and we hope you'll continue to do that. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next week on another show. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 